Welcome to all on this very special day of Mother's first coming to the ashram. At this time, we have been <clears throat> listening to Shilpa's reading of Mother's prayers and meditations, which she was writing at this very time, 1914. Last week, <clears throat> we completed the 100th session of Explorations in Savitri. And today, we begin a new series, The Inspiration of Alokbhai, The Joy of Savitri. Namaskar. Yes. There is so much to share in the joy of savitri. And yet, we will never really complete this sharing. He writes, <clears throat> The rapid footsteps of her fantasy, among whose falls flowers like wonders rise, are surer than reason, defter than device, and swifter than imagination's wings. So I ask you all today, as we begin, to invoke their presence, that they may guide us in this series. Today is my last day for a few months, but I will be back. We will continue. There's no end to the yes. joy in savagery. <laughs> That's why I thought of joy, because knowledge, though is infinite, but uh, knowledge eventually ends up with joy. And if knowledge cannot lead you to the doors of delight, then it is not yet knowledge. <laughs> so, <laughs> I thought let's have all the freedom of infinity. That's why joy. You know, this uh, when you were reading about... Uh, rather recalling those lines in Savitri are surer than reason. Uh, I suddenly remembered an incidence and it also gives a clue to the uh, life in the ashram and in a certain sense the happenings in the world. They are closely interconnected. And our own life, you know, we all want our life to be governed by reason and reason is very good, no doubt about it. But up to a point it goes, but since reason cannot tell us what's going to happen next, it's the biggest problem with reason. It can plan, it can organize, it can execute, but there is no certainty. There is no infallibility about it, about the next moment, with all our calculations, because this world is teeming with countless forces at any given point of time. So... Uh, when we try to govern things with reason, which is important at a stage of evolution, having said that, we must know that there is something surer than reason, something deeper than human wisdom or human knowledge, which is an ignorance. And that is working within the individual, within creation, within the world and, of course, within the ashram. They are all different points of the same one reality, continuum. Because if the ashram were different from the world completely, then there would be 
the experiment would have no bearing it cannot be replicable so while it is true that it has a special character but it is equally true that it is conterminous with the world so both things are simultaneously true yes. And it reminded me of a <clears throat> anecdote, very interesting anecdote. There was an American admiral. You may be knowing him, General Rutledge. I know him very, very well. well. <laughs> Rutledge Tompkins. Yes, very well. So he came to ashram, and after some time, he went to mother. Said, "You know, mother, you're very nice, wonderful, but you know these guys. You, you, you give me just one month, and I'll set everything right." I remember this. <laughs> so she said, "You have all the freedom, and why one month? You take three months. <laughs> you try whatever you want to try." Yeah. So he started his what can be called as general giri or admiral giri. If I have to, you know, use a English Hindi conjunction, uh, giri means a way of life. Guru Giri, like that. So he started, you know, this should be like this, that should be, you know, you don't know. You're wasting all the mental ways of looking at life. <laughs> After very soon, he came back and said, Mother, I have understood. It cannot be managed. I don't know how you are managing it. <laughs> and she just smiled. But uh, had she spoken, she would have said, I'm managing it by the power of divine love. That and she said power. to him further, she said, you can be a channel to bring money. Yes, so that was his job. <laughs> that, was, that was his real job. Don't try to run the ashram. <laughs> you see, it's uh, creation is complex, man is complex, collectivity is complex. And any uh, oversimplistic way of looking at human life, is bound to fail in the end because you have to take into account the immense complexity of nature and especially in a world transforming yoga. Yes. You can, in a yoga which is aiming towards mukti, you, you don't need to take that because you just, you need to find the shortest route through which I can pierce a gap in my nature and pass on to the other side yes. and leave the rest. But if you have to engage in a world transforming yoga, you have to have immense patience perseverance, endurance, faith and all the rest because you are dealing with the most complex, more complex than the entire universe is man. I and just had an interview with Srimoy and uh, along with your anecdote I share this one. It was a challenging time for her at a certain point in Oroville. <clears throat> what do I do? What do I do? So she said, I'll open a book of mothers um, <clears throat> on education. She opens the book right there is the point. And mother's voice says, now go back to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are plenty of such anecdotes which can be completely misunderstood yes. if you don't know the context. Yes. Another was someone who <clears throat> told me, that, you know, when he came, he saw a person who was just, you know, as if just enjoying life. So, he said, you know, I had great regards for you. Because he knew him from long back. He said, what, what is it? Last four months I am seeing, you are just roaming around, just enjoying life. You are doing nothing. You are, you know, you are meant to do this, do that. You are not doing any sadhana. 
So this man said, should I listen to you or listen to my guru? He said, what do you mean? He said, well, when I ask the guru, what should I do for sadhana? He asked Shurabindo. Shurabindo said, sadhana is done by the mother. You eat well, sleep well, <laughs> you play. <laughs> yes. He was telling me, he was astounded. So he was telling him, should I listen to you? Or should I listen to my master? To the guru who has written to me, sadhana is done by the mother. What you have to do is eat well, sleep well, <laughs> stay happy. I mean, it's not easy, you know. <laughs> to do. And then, <laughs> Narodbaran. You know, the man of sorrows. That Sri Aurobindo calls him the man of sorrows. What does he tell him to do for his sadhana? Eat and grow fat. Yes. Then dance to keep the fat down. <laughs> it is to him that he wrote, yet you can do some self-enabling sadhana. It was like a concession to human nature. Yes. And it's more to support the action of grace. Even, you know, since we are at the subject of the mother's coming... Uh, you see, so beautifully, Satyavan has realized so much, uh, but still something is missing. Yeah. And when the mother comes into his life, what is his response? And that gives the quintessence of sadhana. Several places, we'll just touch upon mother's coming and yes. what, what should be our response. So what is our response? So one is, uh, I shall read on page 406. Four zero six, and he says, "But thou hast come, and all will surely change." Yeah. She brings hope. Yes. She brings light. She brings the certitude of truth's victory. But thou hast come, and all will surely change. And what about the gold link? Yes. I shall feel the world, mother, in thy golden limbs. And hear her wisdom in thy sacred voice. The child of the void shall be reborn in God. All this she brings. Yes. As she comes, these are the gifts she brings for man. <coughs> My matter shall revade the inconscience trance. My body, like my spirit, shall be free. It shall escape from death and ignorance. So these are the... Uh, promises of the Lord and this this is the hope and the faith that is rekindled. Yes. So the mother's coming. Then very interestingly if you really see Savitri is beginning. Savitri starts with the mother's coming. See actually it's very interesting we are speaking of this day and actually in a certain sense the yoga as we know today starts with the mother's coming. Shubindu said that you know yes. Yes. Uh, and somebody asked him about somebody that you know his guru said something about sitting on the path he said it could be said for the period between 1915 to 1919 but with the mothers coming here that is he is referring now to the 24th April 1920 yes. that the supramental yoga could start before that he had completed the Vedanta Yoga and was looking for the supramental yoga. I mean, he could see it. He could 
try to bring it down. But they were all waiting for the mother's coming. And then he says that before that, before her coming, I could have helped myself, but not others. And everybody was having a less fair attitude before mother's coming. That was the difference. It's after her coming yes. that the yoga could become possible in matter, in you know, in the larger collectivity. So we see very interestingly that Savitri actually starts with the mother's coming. So we have the description of the dawn and see in the very second page, Shobindo describes. He is using an image as a symbol. Look at it. Page 2. Arrived from the other side of boundlessness. An eye of deity peered through the dumb deeps. A scout in a reconnaissance from the sun. So I look at it like this, that the mother came. There are several ways of looking at her coming and going and coming again. So one of them is that like a scout she came. Let's see. These are the children on whom I have to work. And saw that they are not ready because her presence would have created such an intense pressure. So she gave some activities like the new idea, honesty stores, she started and most importantly the Arya and after initiating this she goes she goes into the world play where the first world war is beginning to uh, you know the fire is beginning to rage she consumes the poison takes it into herself and then she comes back now perhaps they are a little more ready to receive her pressure and her presence even then for a long time she would not freely come and mix or they, they didn't know who she is. She stayed behind. She stayed behind. She taught by her actions, sweeping the floor, wearing past sadis, yes. sitting in front of Shurbindo on the floor. Though Shurbindo has said very clearly that she is my collaborator. She already, she had entered the supermind through the front door. She was an adept in the yoga of the Gita and the Buddhist yoga even before coming to Pondicherry. Yes. Yet she would show what it means to be before the Lord. So these are the things her coming created and what happens then as soon as she comes here where our half-lit ignorance skirts the gulfs on the dumb bosom of the ambiguous earth here where one knows not even the step in front and truth has her throne on the shadowy back of doubt. On this anguished and precarious field of toil, outspread beneath some large indifferent gaze, impartial witness of our joy and bale, our prostrate soil bore the awakening ray. Now, you know, on one side we say that even matter can be touched by her and respond. So human beings, that's, you know, anyone, everyone, whoever came, she just touched, she gave, she gave and gave and gave. It didn't matter who deserves, who doesn't deserve. This is something very amazingly beautiful about the mother. And I do not know, now the rule is that after the mother's physical withdrawal, of course, this rule had started a little earlier. 
her topmost room was not accessible to anybody and everybody and there was a reason because she was engaged in cellular yoga and you know there is a real risk of contamination contagion at that point of time but otherwise the fact is that during what we normally call as the physical life our ordinary way of thinking it was shurbindo who was more difficult to reach whereas mother was reaching out to anyone and everyone yes sometimes i wish you know that could happen with a room but now you know it's of course there is a logic to it human logic because for many years from 62 she was not that room the topmost room was not accessible to anyone and everyone very few could go there otherwise she would come down to the interview room or in fact after 62 she has not come down so and then on page 4 again the mothers coming the omniscient goddess leaned across the breaths or a line above ambassadoress twixt eternity and change so without the mother in fact without acknowledging her because anything which goes taking the trail of nature towards its highest peaks or even beyond it has to go through her because it is she who has become nature but man may not acknowledge like there are paths traditional gyan yoga which may not acknowledge that there is something called as the divine mother but there can be no change without her intervention she is the ambassadress twixt eternity and change not now since creation began she is the one who has gone into creation the omniscient goddess leaned across the breaths that wrapped the fated journeyings of the stars and saw the spaces ready for her feet so this is where i think when she came for the first time the spaces were not ready for her feet uh, there is another way to look at it because she had to take upon herself all the sorrows and sufferings that are possible in the world and i this my uh, personal feeling that there can be no greater sorrow in this world than for the creation to experience separation from the divine in fact that is the mother of all sorrows that's why we suffer we suffer because we feel separated from the divine every part that is separated from the divine suffers mistakenly it feels that by having this i would be satisfied but no if you are very fortunate we will not be satisfied by that if you are still unfortunate we will be satisfied by that <laughs> till eventually we discover that behind all this longing there is a yearning and behind the yearning there is a seeking seeking for home for her for her coming for her touch all nature dumbly calls to her alone to heal with her feet the aching throb of life so when she goes after meeting shurbindo and she is fully conscious that he is the lord she describes the pain and suffering of the departure and it's i i have not seen anything more painful in mother's writings there are many painful things she has experienced she says that one place that you know you have to pay a big price to be unselfish in this world but that suffering where she has gone the harsh solitude now human beings experience it without knowing it 
and she consciously took it. And she says that it was like death. She left the psychic being. She goes there and all through several times she is on the verge of dying, including the famous 1918 flu pandemic. And she is battling with death at many fronts and she is away from the Lord. She has to experience that pain because otherwise she will, she is always one with him. Of course at the most outermost level. And that's why her coming again and reuniting with Sri has tremendous significance. Because if you see the life of the previous avatars, invariably the separation took place. Whether it is Rama and Krishna, uh, Rama and Sita, Krishna and Radha and I am sure about Buddha and his counterpart, equally about Christ and his counterpart, there was a separation. In fact, the sorrow of Mother Mary, the seven sorrows which Shubindu refers in Savitri. And they all relate to this, the life of Christ in one way or the other. Maybe, you know, you, yes. uh, you would remember some of them. His sudden disappearance from the temple, etc., etc. So, this anguish that is felt because the Lord is not there, she experiences that. And of course, humanity is not ready for the work. So now she engages into a large world action. The world is made ready on one side. Like Shiva, she is drinking the fumes of poison from the first world war. Whereas on the other side, Shurabindu is ushering the new dawn through the Arya. So there is a double action going on. And it's like a battle. Shurabindu speaks of that. The whole world is, uh, is the same. And he says that, you know, it's like a trench warfare of Europe. Where you are advancing by inches and then after that whole thing gets cleared there is at least some aspiration which wakes up in man that enough of it all these murderous instincts enough of it let's have something new something more beautiful and so she comes back and what happens when she comes back once she half looked behind for her veiled son you know this is an experience I am sure she would have <coughs> experienced in this life after 5th December 1950. For 12 days the mother didn't come out looking at the veiled son. But the work, Shubhindra has given her the command, you have to fulfill the yoga of transformation. And people describe that we were all in gloom because even though they are seeing the supramental light, of course there were some who, who had that, but you know, there were others for whom this close contact was so necessary. And then they write, but on the twelfth day or some day, the mother came down and gave us all darshan and blessings. And her smile dispelled everything. Otherwise, <laughs> imagine what they would have experienced. I can't even imagine, you know. Champaklalji sitting before there, many of them. And then she came and with a smile, chasing away with a smile, the clouds of gloom, everything, as if nothing has happened, everything, as if Shubhindra is there, present concretely. So once she looks back at her half-veiled son, half-veiled, because, you know, it can never disappear, then thoughtful went to her immortal work, Earth felt the imperishable's passage close. The waking ear of nature heard her steps and wideness turned to her, its limitless eye. 
if you see most of the major things that started actively about the collective yoga they started after 1950 before that shrivindra is repeatedly in the letters telling people open to the mother receive the mother open to the mother open to the mother she started some departments here and there but see 51 the school starts mm-hmm. then 56 the supplemental descent 51 to 58 classes start she actively you know begins to otherwise you know just imagine even coming of savitri is full version is 51 first it is half of it was in 50 very interestingly till ashwapati's yoga is completed part 1 part 1 yes and in 1951 very interestingly the divine mother is in the forefront yes. and so the rest of savitri comes many of the volumes start coming out eventually a centenary edition yes. the supramental manifestation takes place hundreds of centers begin to grow all over the world and of course the birth of orwell so if you really see the collective yoga in its real sense starts 51 onwards she takes the full charge and she said i had to play the dual role earlier he was responding to all the mails and i had to only do the work and it was so easy for me because everything i would just refer to him which she could still do but she says that now i had to take both the roles because people would write to her and sometimes she would reply to some of the notes in the bathroom she is our ideal and inspiration even in the bathroom there were chits she would pick up a chit and write quickly a noting here and noting there <laughs> and can't imagine so little time and everything the whole organization in the real sense if you see from 51 onwards till 73 and till now you know see made sure that the ashram is secure from all inner and outer attacks this is my firm belief and my conviction and my experience she has ensured whatever may happen outwardly and she spoke of this in 1965 when ashram was attacked physically violently by a mob certain departments were torched and burned which included i think the atelier and probably the honesty some of these places mm-hmm. were actually burned and she issued a statement i have read it in uh, you know um, was it advent or shinavantu where nalini das said that the mother has said i have not been able to lay my hands on it it must be in one of the issues but i remember concretely reading it and some others have also confirmed it she says this ashram has been created by the will of the supreme lord and there is no power here in this world or any other worlds which can dissolve it this ashram can be dissolved only by the will of the supreme lord only if he decides he can withdraw and then nalinda gave a very interesting aside to it he said as long as there is one person with faith and is here to practice the integral yoga the ashram will continue to retain and remain its place for helping the doors will remain open that also she has said in 71 whoever comes with an aspiration for the yoga the doors will always be open for that person whatever it undergoes many changes the life is bound to undergo change this evolution you will have ups downs people coming going it doesn't matter so she secured it in every way material foundation 
second world war people were at one point they were eating you know in ashram dining room now we have all these things from rasgulla and god knows what if they you know but there was a time when in ashram dining room 30s or late 30s and early 40s she was uh, you know people if if they could find some vegetables swimming in the dal they would say ah <laughs> today slice of brinjal was swimming in the dal dal also largely mixed with water they didn't suffer from any deficiencies it was prashad it's coming from mother and mostly it was that dal and rice and bread of course this was the staple diet for a long time not vegetable sambar this that now we have plenty of things milk and banana yes so this is how they lived money so much problem and during the late 40s when champaklal ji brought all the soaps that he had gathered together because every little bit soap he would not throw it away because you know you should not waste so he will collect it together and you know he will reuse reuse it <laughs> and uh, he brought that collection that mother you know there is a problem of money i have these nice done soaps which can be distributed when people need soaps she had to sell all her dresses now what happened after that she made sure that the ashram's material foundations are secure that tomorrow my children don't have to suffer it's very strange that now money comes from where how nobody knows <laughs> but shurabindo has to ask for money and money would not come there would be utter resistance now you have orwell with all the golden globe it's unimaginable if you look at it it's no less than a miracle and mother was very particular she did not like going and asking money from in here and there everyone she says it's much better if there is one single person who is ready to give the money as part of his sadhana otherwise she was not keen that you know go and start with a begging bowl and ask and now you see it comes so this is the beauty she made sure everything is this is her work she made sure that everything for the yoga is secure the foundation the journey the end result the formations all the different paths people may take in the future your all samples of humanity will come people have asked her in 58 about the general atmosphere of the ashram she said the general atmosphere has improved but individually yes because earlier the sadhana was people were in a cocoon but now it is not like that after 56 a need was felt she uses the word a need was felt to form a collective collectivity around shurbindo she uses the word collectivity and then she says everyone whether they are in pondicherry or elsewhere who have declared themselves to be disciples of shri bindo who have opened to his teachings have faith in his teachings these are two things he said they've all been brought together and connected together and so we are now advancing as a collectivity and see if you see that way there is a great advance which we can see in the world i mean during shri bindo's physical presence how many disciples yeah less than 1000 probably 250 or something like that imagine and now if you see so this is the way she has worked her immortal work and how does she do it look at this wonderful lines 
and scattered on sealed depths her luminous smile. What is the way of her yoga? She scatters her smile onto us. All kindled to fire the silence of the world. She works from within outwards. We like to work from outside. If we set these things right, things will be wonderful. But that's not the way. All authentic evolution is from within outward. Otherwise, you will have artificial roses. So what she does, she lights up the flame inside. Kindled to fire the silence of the worlds. So the flame is lit. Wherever there is a little opening, there is a lighting up of the flame. And now this flame is growing all over the world. People are there who are in their own way, seeking, aspiring for a new world, for a change. There is a cry, one can actually feel it. I mean, it's amazing how this cry is growing. Regardless of everything, and all the facades are getting exposed. So this is what is happening all over the world. So kindle to fire, this is our way of working. Smile and lighting the fire inside. All grew a consecration and a right. So what happens when we talk to the mother and give things to her? Uh, her? People wonder, what is this about yoga? Aren't you supposed to sit in meditation and go inside? And What happens when you give anything to mother? People say she knows. Of course she knows. But when you give it to mother, even the worst things, even things which we consider as the darkest element, what she does, she turns it into a sacrifice which goes to the Lord. She uplifts it, purifies it, refines it, transmutes it. And that's why she spoke of saying everything to her. Everything. About each sadhak's problems. Yes. Tell everything to me. This is a totally a different way of doing yoga. You know, I have not read at least in spiritual literature that yoga can be done like this, that you talk to the divine and give everything, whatever it be, and the divine will take care of it. Now, I have heard there are practices, processes, methods, you have to conquer desire, get rid of anger. All this is there and there are ways and means and processes and mechanisms and methods and the whole psychology behind it. But this, tell to the divine and she will take care of it. How can it be so simple? But here it is, all grew a consecration and a right. Now, when she uses the word all... That means even the air, even the trees, everything was impregnated with her breath, with her atmosphere. Because everything she was lifting to the sky, everything that she was seeing, that's what Balkany Darshan is about. Somebody asked her, what do you do, Mother dear? She says, I unite my consciousness with all of you. So if you notice the balcony Darshan, it's very interesting. She will come and then she will look down as if she is looking at each one. Then she says, then I become one with the Supreme. And then let the Supreme give to each one whatever is necessary. I would say, not even even as if, but she did look at each of us. Yes. And the the moment she looked at us, we knew it. Yes. There was no question. It could be 10,000 people there. Everybody would say the same thing. Mother looked at me. I have heard about this. And not only she looked in that uh, from the highest vision, even the details, you know, our now he is no more uh, dojo master. What is his name? Joseph. Uh, Joseph. So he was telling me that amazing how, you know, he was in the war and all that he had come. So he had nervous issues. 
So he says that after the balcony darshan, suddenly Pavitrada calls me. What is it? Mother has asked him to tell me. So Pavitrada says, Mother has asked me to tell you that you need some substantial food because your nerves have gone weak and therefore from today you will have one egg in your diet every day. Yes. <laughs> Can you imagine? <clears throat> and he is not somebody whom many persons would even know. No, he says, he was surprised that she has come and how did she notice some person standing there? She did it with me. Nogini called me. I believe it was Nogini. And he said, Mother says that because you are accustomed to different food, your body is growing a little weak. And she has sent you this huge piece of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can yoga be done like this? Can't imagine. Aren't you supposed to leave all this? <laughs> Narad, I may tell you, I understand, but she still sends us our share of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> she still sends us. I, 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 I really, you know. I remember this conversation with Huta. Huta was telling me about it, you know, how much the mother cared for her. So at some point of time, I was there with my wife and son. So I was quietly listening. What is the point of saying she's talking about, you know, as if. Mother cared only for her. But at some <laughs> point of time, my wife said, she couldn't resist. She said, you know what, Hutadi, she looks after each and every child of hers. Even now. That didn't go very well with her. <laughs> because each of us wants to believe that I am special. <laughs> Everybody. So she still sends us our share of cheese and chocolate. And whatever else. It's, you know, it's amazing. How she does it? Navjaji, standing below the balcony and one day mother cut her uh, stay, little, made it very brief, the balcony darshan and went away. Then she called Navjat. Says, you know what? So much you were receiving that you could have suffered a breakdown. And then he says that, yes, inwardly I was trembling. Not able to contain and receive. How she was noticing. And as you said, everybody would feel the same. And everybody still feels the same. It's amazing that, you know, when you turn to her, how she arranges one way or the other. You have to just trust her and, well, journey will have its ups and downs. That even then people had to, and you have to endure that part. I still stand beneath the balcony. Yes. Yes. Still, she's there. Yes. So, we'll read a few more lines. So, we, we heard about Satyavan asking her to come down. And he tells her that if my simple things can satisfy you, <clears throat> You know, she, it doesn't matter. Whatever 
you can offer to her. You know, we read in the Gita that a drop of water, a blade of grass, whatever you offer, the divine receives it with joy. And we have stories in the Ramayana and Mahabharata yes. too of that kind. Yes. That same truth Shurabindu reveals in Savitri. What does Satyavan tell her? We don't have to build big things. You know, some people believe in doing things on a grand scale that I am, you know, I must. That's okay if you want to do it. But it's not that which she wants. It doesn't matter. It could be very modest. So Satyavan tells her that I would rather be more happy if you can still feel our time-vexed affections. Remember those lines? And if you can come in simple things like the water of the stream and the simple food and the hermitage life, if that can satisfy you. And she comes. So it's not that one has to do big things to call her. But love in the heart, faith in the heart. That's what Satyavan says. His whole yoga is summarized from beginning to end with just surrender and absolute trust in the Divine Mother. And he is the one who is the quintessence representative of the human soul in ignorance. Shubhinda has said that. Yes. So first he says, come. Welcome to her. Wherever I am, you stay there. I want to be yours. And gives himself more and more. Descend, O happiness, with thy moon gold feet. Enrich earth's floors upon whose sleep we lie. Yes. By, the, by thy own will. Yes. By, and, and thy own delight. So he says that, you know, if you feel, if you, if you so will, yes. and if you take joy, so you know, it's a very beautiful passage of the Bhakta and the Bhagwan taking delight in each other, yes. the lover and the beloved. Yes. But once she comes, all is bound to change. Yes. The king gets the sight, the kingdom, and right. Satyavan escapes the clutch of death. He doesn't even know, poor fellow, that what has happened, like all of us. We don't even know how things are changing, no. what nuts and bolts of nature she is setting right. So, And in the end, what can one say? All that one can say is what he says. Lay all on her. She, she is, is the, the cause, cause of all. And then, another few lines. If this is she... Of whom the world has heard. Wonder no more at any happy change. Each easy miracle of felicity. Of her transmuting heart. The alchemy is. And finally let me read a, you know. I was just contemplating and it all came in a great surge of inspiration yesterday. That mother has come. That should be done. So, you know, often we celebrate and celebrate it. Sometimes we wear nice dresses and all this. But that's not what... That's okay. Because human beings need a physical expression. But there is something else. To make sure that she doesn't go. So, I remembered how Shirobindu in Durga's throat calls the mother and says, You come and stay with us. So, how to keep the mother always with us? And here we have those lines. He has, of course, 
used it as an invocation for Mother Durga in the context of India. But the same thing applies to the Divine Mother in the context of the world. Because that was his first experiment and this is the next one. Mother Durga Enter our bodies in thy yogic strength. We shall become thy instruments, thy sword slaying all evil, thy lamp dispelling all ignorance. Fulfill this yearning of thy young children, O mother. Be the master and drive thy instrument. Wield thy sword and slay thy evil. Hold up the lamp and spread the light of knowledge. Make thyself manifest. Mother Durga, when we possess thee, we shall no longer cast thee away. We shall bind thee to us with the tie of love and devotion. Come, Mother Manifest thyself in our mind and life and body. Come, revealer of the hero path, we shall no longer cast thee away. May our entire life become a ceaseless worship of the mother. All our acts, a continuous service to the mother full of love, full of energy. This is our prayer. O Mother, descend upon earth, make thyself manifest in this land of India. And we may add, make thyself manifest upon the entire earth which is her home, for whom heaven was too small. Shavindra describes that. She has lowered herself to the stature of human sight. She made earth her home, for whom heaven was too small. I think that is the glory of earth. <laughs>